Welcome to the KMOX Home Improvement Show. Presented by Suburban Leisure Center. The place with the big red chair. Celebrating 50 years. Now, Scott Mosby on the voice of St. Louis KMOX. All right, lunchtime, middle of the day, middle of the uh, sunrise. We are heading toward the longest period of the day and the warmest period of the day. So, uh, golly, it gets even better from here. Oh, yeah. Imagine that. Uh, phone lines here on KMOX, 314-436-7900, You've heard that number for a long time. I've been here for most of 25 years. That's been the same phone number, 800-925-1120, 800-925-1120. A little bit of trivia. Uh, we are now right next to Soldier, Soldiers Memorial here in downtown St. Louis with the Camwack Studios and offices. Uh, it, it's kind of a neat place, but boy, when we were down at One Memorial Drive, watching uh remember fair st louis and uh all what was uh then at the time called the vp fair veiled profit fair uh those awesome air shows that people say well what was the toughest radio show you ever did i said when the aerobatic guys were flying and doing the loop-de-loops right behind me and i had to face the microphone away from the window yeah, just telling you some of the fun things about uh, being on KMOX and part of the KMOX family like you as well. Uh, just the, um, you know, the memories that are created by being part of, uh, you know, a piece of history like KMOX. Anyway, 314-436-7900-800-925-1120-925. Call frequency 1120-925-1120. Scott Mosby here at your service. Happy to help, serve, uh, provide any answers that you can. Share any great answers from our listening audience. All of you together are smarter than any one of me. One of my biggest uh, fears coming on KMOX my first time, my first year was, holy cow, I I don't know everything. I can't know everything. And then uh, over the years, I realized, you know, that you can't know everything. And uh, there are professionals driving around looking at jobs all day long on Saturday out in the listening audience, part of the KMOX family. So I just ask for help. Any plumbers out there driving around, give me a call. Uh, electricians, you know, you get down. I, I know a little about a lot, so I'm not a specialist in any particular. I've got I've got my two or three specialist places where I'm, you know, more than normally qualified. But for the most part, you know, we're in this together. Uh, 314-436-7900, 800-925-1120. I'm Scott Mosby. I own a local remodeling company right here in St. Louis, Mosby Building Arts. We were founded in 1947 by my dad. It's still a family business. We love doing uh, home improvements, home repairs, large-scale remodeling projects. The cool thing about our business and what I like best about Mosby Building Arts is that we have architects and designers. So we have all of the designers and we have all of the production team all in Mosby as associates of Mosby Building Arts. We still subcontract a good bit of work because we can't do everything all the time, but at least we have um, uh, team leaders, specialists. We have a licensed plumber. We have a licensed electrician, and uh, we have people that know how to do We have a good-sized painting crew of 8 to 10 people, Uh, you you know, and, and when you have a question of how do I do this or what's the best way to paint, primer, seal, remove, or strip this species of wood? They're there. 
There's the answer. There's the expert. So anyway, the point being, it's kind of how I wound up on KMOX, is I hang out with a bunch of smart people that know a whole lot more about things than I do. All I have to do is remember just enough to help you along to the next step for you and your life taking care of your home. Uh, right now, let's uh, see if we can talk to my friend Lynn and help her along just to our next step here on KMOX. Lynn, good afternoon. Welcome to lunch on KMOX. Good afternoon, and thank you for being on the air today. Um, I have a quick question. We have a uh, tri-level 65-year-old house, and um, it's great condition. It's no no cracks in the basement or anything on the walls. But on the outside of our foundation, on the southeast corner, just below where the brick meets the concrete for the foundation, we have a... It's like the concrete is like coming off in slices, and it, the, the rebar is exposed. Okay. Uh, and I how don't far know if we below. should do something. Yeah. How it's far a, down below a, the brick is that? It's about, uh, let's say, eight inches below the brick, and it only goes down maybe uh, a foot. Okay. So it doesn't go all the way to the ground. Okay. Um, uh, it does, is that line vertical going straight up and down, or is it horizontal? Yes, yes, it's vertical. Oh, wow. That's unusual. You actually have a little bit of extra steel at your corner in the house. Uh, That's kind of a good thing. What happens is all that steel uh, at the top of the foundation, the way that that foundation gets poured is we put together Uh all the forms, and then as we assemble the forms, we tie steel rebar to some of the snap ties going horizontally. Uh Uh, As we fill up those forms, we then thrust or put in vertical re-rods sometimes around the corner because that um, reinforces the corners a little bit and also the top two ribbons, the horizontal rebar, sometimes we just lay those in on the top of the forms and push them down with a shovel to lay on top of those uh, form ties so we can get concrete in the forms better, more consistently and we vibrate do all kinds of things. The point being is this is not a big deal. Uh, This is cosmetic only. It is important because it's an important piece of your reinforcing to your foundation. Um, There are foundation repair companies that do this as part of their normal repairs. But the reality is uh, you really need to kind of uh, chip away any loose concrete uh, and sand or prepare that steel. Primer it if you can, even with a a rust enclosing type of primer uh, and paint it. And then, uh, you know, if there's enough space, put a little cement over the top. But the long and the short of it is, and this is in parking garages, U-City is loaded up with a whole bunch of concrete reinforced decks that have this steel stuff. So your responsibility is just make sure the steel is taken care of. So just uh, as far as that rebarb showing through there, do I, so I put concrete over that or patch it uh, and then see? Yeah, paint it. It's a painting project. And, and okay. then if you want, if you have enough thickness and you want to put cement over it, uh, frankly, your better bet is to put the uh, paint on it and make sure it stays visible so you make sure you paint it every year if it needs more attention because it's really okay, hard so. to get paint around behind the backside even though water can get in there. So just paint on that rebar after I chipped everything off? Yep, and prepare it, sand it down, or do whatever. Get to, get, go to a paint store and tell them what you've got, and okay. uh, they'll give you a good primer and make, make them sell you the primer and the paint for that. And okay. if you can, okay. try and match the paint color, the top paint, coat paint color, to the color of that concrete foundation. It's just regular concrete color. Yeah, there's no paint on it. Yeah, but I, I get that, but the point is it's not white. 
oh, it's okay. more okay. beige. Right. Or, you see what right. I mean? Yeah. yeah, it's hard of grayish. Okay, well, thank you so much. I appreciate your help. Okay, Lynn, not to worry. Thank no you. big deal. Just get her done. Right. Thank you. Bye-bye. Yes, ma'am. Thanks for your patience. Scott Mosby, we are off and running. Uh, question and answer. First one, and this is a good one. Uh, now, if this is a big deal, uh, for example, horizontal lines uh, that run 10, 12 feet, uh, or it's deep and concrete chunks out, some of these can be structural. It's unusual. They can be structural if you leave them alone. Um, so, you know, those are some of the things that, you know, various, uh, companies take care of. Helitech takes care of that as well. Uh, so anyway, they're a, a company that you can call. Uh, anyway, the phone numbers are here. 314-436-7900. Toll free 800-925-1120. My name is Scott Mosby. This is the KMOX Home Improvement Show. Remember the toy drive? Uh, this is for SSM Health and Cardinal Glennon Children's Hospital. We need at Mosby Building Arts, this is you. We need you to drop your toys off at Mosby Building Arts. Uh, you can drop them off at the uh, Kirkwood Studio in downtown Kirkwood, right across from the train station, the Mosby Design Studio there, or you can take them by our office in Kirkwood for you old-timers that have been part of the Mosby family for a long time. You know where the office is. Uh, just drop them off, and we amass and keep these uh, toys. We hit up all of our uh, trade partners, everybody that we know in the industry to come and you know step up and do their part too so that's your opportunity drop it by the uh, mosby building arts office if you have any questions about that give us a call 314-909-1800 that's mosby building arts 314-909-1800 i'll tell you a little more as we go about two hours here on kmox my name is scott mosby this is kmox i am all yours at your service here on kmox This is the KMOX Home Improvement Show. Presented by Suburban Leisure Center. The place with the big red chair. Celebrating 50 years. Now, Scott Mosby on the voice of St. Louis KMOX. Yes, indeed. Back together, lunchtime, middle of the day. Home Improvement KMOX. All things related to your home right here on University of KMOX. Uh, with me, I have great phone callers here. Uh, we're going to get fired up and get started here. Let's go to Karen, please. Karen, good afternoon. Welcome to KMOX. And how may I help? Hi. Um, thank you for letting me uh, ask a question. Um, I have an outside uh, light fixture that's it's old. I know it's old. It probably was put on sometime before I got in here. And it's, I use an LED light in it. Every okay. time I put an LED light in, it it goes dark within, I don't know, seven, eight months. It, it just gets real dim. Hmm. How do I correct that to where it retains its its brightness? Is there a special bulb to buy? Do I have to replace that fixture? I don't understand why the light gets so weak. Uh, what kind of light switch do you have inside? Is there a dimmer or anything on it like that, unusual? On that one, no, it's a double switch. One switch is for the the ceiling in the garage, and one switch is for the outside light. Hmm. Uh, it may be just the choice. Are you trying different brands of LED bulbs, or are you using the same one? Yeah, no, I've had different ones. I, I hmm. go up here to the hardware store. I have different ones I pick up each time, and it doesn't seem to really... They promised me this one wouldn't do it, but it's it's to the point where I might as well not even have. It's like a night light out there. It's not like a nice bright light. 
Yeah, well, the reality of LEDs is they do um, they they may not fail and burn out, but they quietly go to sleep like this. Some faster than others. Seven months is a little too quick, so it might be in direct sunlight or getting some water. Something's happening to it unusually, uh, unusual that's kind of out of the norm. But truth be known is by about year four on an LED, inside or outside, they get dimmer to, you know, 90%, 80%, sometimes 70%. By year four. Yeah, usually. It's seven months is, is pretty quick here, Karen. That's a, that been, baffles me a bit. I think it's less than a year. It, I, I'm pretty sure it's been less than a year that I put this in here. And uh, it, the last one, the last two actually did the same thing. So I guess that's what you're telling me now. They just naturally do that after a period of time. But this one, I really thought it wasn't going to do that. And like I said, it's 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 going down just like I might as well not even have it out there. Yeah, so. yeah. Well, uh, you could go to a different type type of bulb. You could go to a fluorescent or something like that as well. Just be aware of the various colors of lights you have around the house. It looks kind of weird when you know the front porch lights are this color and the floodlights are another, and the you know. So be oh. aware of. Uh, getting them all the same color. Yeah, it's back behind the garage, so nobody ever sees it except me, you know. And um, uh, changing the fixture then isn't going to help this situation, huh? I don't think so. I don't uh, unless uh, that uh, unless you're getting a not solid um, connection from the base of the bulb where the electricity comes from, uh, and it, it may be that you've got a little rust or corrosion on that little tab on the bottom of your fixture. Um, and you know, the way to do that is turn the light bulb on and, and flip the breakers off until you kill the electric to that fixture and then get in there and literally, you know, take the bulb out, uh, take the top of the fixture off if necessary and kind of sand the little metal in the very bottom until it's shiny again and then you can put kind of a um, um, antioxidant which uh, keeps uh, the rust from coming back or oxidizing uh, just between the bulb and that piece and other than that and then put a new bulb in there and see if that works uh, when you say an antioxidant like vaseline or something yeah, it's like a Vaseline, but you buy it in the electrical supply part of the hardware store. Just like one brand name is No Alox, N-O dash A-L-O-X, No, and it and it's for uh, putting together copper and aluminum wires. But you know something that that supplements and makes for good electrical connections. You know it works on everything. So, but that's so okay. just going. It's two three dollars, and it comes in a little tube, like a little bitty tiny Vaseline tube, and I just stick it on the end of the bulb. And after I do my thing, screw the bulb in and go down and flip the breaker back on and turn it on and see if you get more than seven months out of this one. Okay, okay. I was hoping there was some magic <laughs> formula no. here. <laughs> and, and truth truth be told here, Karen, I don't think all that sanding and, and such is going to change it. I think you're uh, in some sort of a situation or you're getting similar bulbs that, you know, the manufacturing is the same uh, quality and you're not getting out. You try a different brand or or something. And, you know, next try a, a you know, a, a fluorescent type bulb that is also energy efficient. But, uh, it, you know, it should stay pretty good. Now that I haven't tried. I'll, I will look into that, a fluorescent type bulb. I don't yeah. think I can take more than like a 60 watt or something like that in that fixture out there. Well, keep in mind, when you're putting an LED in there, a 60-watt bulb is about 8 watts. 
and in a fluorescent bulb, a 60-watt bulb, in terms of lumens, the actual light output in a fluorescent is about 9 watts. So there's uh, these things just don't take any electricity. Uh, I, I came in with an electrician. I was talking to him about adding a bunch of you know lights to the circuit. And he looked at me and he said, Scott, that was then. This is now. These new light bulbs, you can put 100 light bulbs on a circuit because they don't use anything. So okay. just be, yeah, watting watts, um, Karen, are a measure of heat production, too, just yeah, like that, a 1,200-watt microwave. Uh-huh, yes, I do understand that. Yeah, um, so much. when you get to an LED or a fluorescent and it's 9 watts, it means it's it's putting out, you know, one-sixth of the heat, but it's still giving you 60 watts of light. Okay. Yeah. Okay, well, I appreciate it. Thanks for the help. Yeah, try something different, Karen. That's kind of the the cliff note version of my answer is, you know, try a different bulb and see how that goes. Okay, I'll try to get a fluorescent one then. Okay, Okay. thank you so much. All righty, bye-bye. Home Improvement, Scott Mosby, KMOX. Here's another one for you. Uh, learned this the tough way, and, you know, of course, the electrician kind of looked and slid his glasses down and said, Scott. So anyway, um, there are... Um, uh, industrial duty or heavy duty light bulbs that are made for um, industrial use like around factories and things so uh, old in the old incandescent well then I thought okay that's a good thing for a um, a garage door opener you know you go out and the light turns on you open the door and the light turns on well then I thought I was going to be really smart and I put an LED bulb looks like a regular light bulb but it's an led i stick it in there well it doesn't work uh it's it it starts you know flickering and going out and doing weird things because it's a piece of electronics trying to get along with another piece of electronics so uh you you basically are looking for an incandescent or what's called um uh, for for uh, heavy-duty application or industrial application. So you need a special light bulb for your garage door opener. Anyway, so there are a lot of ways I learn these things that I get to share with you here on Camwex. Some are just uh, what we call at Mosby failure-based learning styles, or you call Camwex and listen to this every week, and we make all your mistakes for you and share them with you on the radio so you don't have to make those same mistakes. So, you know, we've got uh, 70 plus years of experience in business and we've made a whole lot of mistakes in our past and we can kind of keep you in between the lines, out of the mud with your tires track and straight down the road right where you want to go by tuning in right here on Camwex. Uh, let's go to my friend here, see what's cooking. Uh, let's see what's going with Johnny. Hey, Johnny, good afternoon. Welcome to Camwex. How can I help? Yeah, how you doing, Scott? Pretty uh, good. Uh, I got some uh, houses uh, built in '97, mm-hmm. and it uh, it's got some window kickouts. I guess bay they call them bay windows or whatever. I just yeah. measured them anyway. It was about it kicks out about two foot, and it's about eight foot long. And it's uh, the one I'm really worried about. It was the uh, one. It's uh, it, it's in the bathroom, the master bath, and it sticks out there. In but it seems like it's it's getting cold there, you know, through that area. And I believe yeah. it, it would it would help if I could insulate it somehow. Now, the one I'm talking about is uh, on the one end, I think it's eight inches off the ground. And that's, you know, that's of the three of them, that's the highest. You know what I'm saying? So that's oh, the one I, gosh. the other ones, in, you know, are under uh, the uh, patio. You know, the concrete goes underneath it. 
So those are going to be, you know, have to be done some other way. I didn't know if there was a product that I could, I mean, I can get underneath or like where it meets the foundation. I took and caulked, you know, cause there was a gap yeah. there and I was yeah. worried about that. So I caulked that, you know, had a, had a reach back yes. to with a stick and some caulk and I got that, but, <laughs> but it, yeah, it was a kind of a pain, but, uh, that, that area, I think underneath there's like plywood, you know what I'm saying? Yes. So, I didn't know if there was a product that you could put over that, you know what I'm saying, where yeah. the air wouldn't go up underneath there because it seems like that bathroom floor and that there's a uh, room in the basement I could feel cold air, you know what I'm saying? So it it's, it just don't seem like it's – and I did look back there, I think, when we were doing some other projects inside, but the wall back there looks like it had insulation. But I just don't think that plywood needs to be insulated better. I didn't right. know if there was a product where I could get something and put in there. Like I said, the siding comes down, you know what I'm saying, and then stops. Sure. But then, like I said, the plywood underneath there. But I didn't know if there was a product I could put there to insulate that. What's uh, what's the ceiling down in the basement right underneath where that bay windows or those bay windows well, are? Well, that's, that's what I'm saying. This is kicked out, you know what I'm saying? So it, it doesn't, you know, uh, you know I, I, there's a little closet there, and I open it in the wintertime, and it's cold, okay? So... Yeah. But it's kind of connected to that area. Now, that that uh, in there has just got a little uh, some ceiling tiles. In, okay. Uh, you know those, if, so, you, if you can pull those out, what you're up against here, Johnny, is those floor joists that come over the ceiling of your basement that hold up the floor upstairs. Those rest on the foundation. They keep going for another two feet out, and that's what holds up your bay and your bay window. Uh, okay. That void in between every one of those floor joists probably 16 inches apart maybe 12 inches apart but likely uh, you know 16 inches on center if you, there's a void in there that, that from the basement you can access where that insulation goes so that the 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 reality there is it's probably got regular fiberglass insulation stuffed in there, but right. there's just no heat source. And so you have a floor that is unheated. It's insulated, but there's no heat to keep in other than what comes upstairs, especially on a bathroom floor. Uh, my advice for you if you really want to change it uh, is probably get a, an electrically heated uh floor tile next time you change the floor tile in your bathroom there because it's even if you get really good insulation in those areas there's no heat to hold in because there's no heat source in that area it's always going to be cold yeah i mean it's not real i mean real i mean i just feel a little difference in the tile being yeah. cold i just thought if there was some like a insulation where i could put under you know in in somehow uh it Maybe uh, spray adhesive or something and stick a piece of insulation up underneath there to keep that draft from kind of going through the plywood and going, you know, through the walls and blah, blah, blah. You know well, what I'm yes, saying? you so, can. Yes, you can, but it should go on, and it, it would be a piece of three-quarter-inch styrofoam or something like that, but you have to cover it with another layer of plywood. Otherwise, mice get underneath there. They love building nests out of that, um, and just that space so close to the ground like that is tough. But, yes, you can put foam on the bottom of that. That will increase the insulation, uh, but you've got to get something that critters don't like to eat that covers over that, that uh, styrofoam. Right, and I was thinking of that. Uh, I mean, sometimes they use spray foam, but a spray foam is 
I don't think yeah, that would eat work. That too. Yeah, they'll eat that too. Yeah, because in between where it, where it met the house, there was some spray foam. I guess where when they built it or whatever, they, sp- they sprayed the foam in there, and uh, yeah. you know that was falling off and everything. So I used regular caulk, like a Volcom caulk, and I caulked that gap. But I just thought if I could just you know, like you say though, yeah. if I could have insulation, then I got to cover it with something that's going to be sealed and and to keep the uh, water from penetrating the insulation. Yeah, and you have no room to work in eight inches or four inches or something. No, you know I mean, how do you no. do that? You know, that's just bad design, frankly. That's you're kind of hamstrung is. by bad design. Yeah, because only the only other way I could think of to do that is, I mean, you'd have to tear off the siding and then get into that and then go down inside of better from the inside because on the other side of that wall, you know, is the uh, we got a bathtub right there. Oh man. So, Oh, from baby. the inside, I can't really get to that stuff. You know what I'm saying? That's the whole thing. Yeah. So, oh, yeah. It, That's one cold bathtub. Yeah. Yeah. So, <laughs> I, don't, yeah, I think I just, you're stuck, frankly, Johnny. I don't know a good way without taking the bathtub out and building that out from the inside or pulling down the basement ceiling and insulating that. But uh, it just I, – I, I know I've I built some like that over the years, but it's been 40 years. We do it differently now. Yeah, because anyway. I just thought – because I blocked that off with uh, – you know, just recently to block it off because see animals want to go underneath there and kind of lay and have oh, yeah. a little nest or something like that. And I, so I just took some uh, landscaping uh, stones and put around it to keep them out of there. So yeah. you know we don't Good have start. anything like that. In this. That's yeah, about so all you I can just, do. I don't have any yeah. better ideas for you. Okay. All right. Thanks a lot for your time. All right. Take care. Bye now. Bye. Home Improvement, Scott Mosby, KMOX, phone lines 314-436-7900-800-925-1120. It's getting nice out here, folks. Oh, baby. A little warmer right now. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So anyway, we'll be right back for more after this on University of KMOX. This is the KMOX Home Improvement Show. Presented by Suburban Leisure Center. The place with the big red chair. Celebrating 50 years. Now, Scott Mosby on the voice of St. Louis KMOX. All right. We are back together. Scott Mosby, lunchtime in KMOX. Phone lines wide open for you. Your question, your answer, favorite topic. I know you've been saving something. 314-436-7900. Toll free, 800-925-1120. Stay tuned. After the uh, KMOX Home Improvement Show, we have Retire Ready, Retire Ready at 1 o'clock. So tune in, stay on. We'll have some good information for you there. Also, as you go through your holidays, some of the things, and we're not done yet. We're just really getting revved up. I know it feels like, a, you know, we're deep into it. Yes, we are with Thanksgiving past. There's still more to come. As you prepare your home for the holidays, this is one of the articles we have on the Mosby Building Arts website. You can get there by mosbybuildingarts.com or call Mosby. This is for me, C-A-L-L-M-O-S-B-Y. I can remember those letters, but writing all that out, even though I know how to spell it, my fat fingers seem to find some other keys each time. So callmosby.com. Preparing your home for holiday guests. Uh, Keep in mind, as people gather 
and they're looking for a place. They show up at your home. It's chilly outside. They bring, you know, coats and hats and gloves, outerwear. Find a place, even if you have to go down and uh, grab a um, hat tree, hall tree, something from another part of the house. That's a good place to realize that uh, if the weather is wet, you might have a uh, special uh, foot mat for uh, drying the feet. Or perhaps if you've got uh, outerwear for snow, you know, heaven forbid. But uh, also keep in mind, just have a space for that. If you make a place for it, most of your guests, after placing one or two pieces there, they'll follow automatically. Also, plan on where the phones and the gadgets go. Uh, Because if you kind of check them at the door, oftentimes there's a good way to do that. We sometimes design in charging centers near the door in an effort to get those units out of the kids' hands and on the... Oh, well, I know you want to use it later on. Maybe we could just charge it right here. Well, if you keep them them moving enough, sometimes they don't zone out on those uh, phones and iPads, various things like that. Plan for lighting. Plan for lighting. Lighting is always an important thing. And keep in mind, everybody has different needs for lighting. Um, so you know the difference between task lighting and general. A general lighting illuminates the room. Task lighting is usually a lamp down close to the uh, reading surface, something like that. So you would use that task lighting down closer. But keep in mind to have those in the various places. Uh, you know, and having a lot of reading or task lighting in a conversation area is nice for the illumination and the aura. Uh, but you know, anyway, my point being anticipate that let's go to the phones and see what's happening with my friend carl carl good afternoon welcome to cam wax and how can i help you sir uh thank you scott uh i've got uh, uh my front door's got two skylight or side lights uh uh-huh. you know it's a, come as a unit yes a six foot unit uh and both of the uh, side lights the seal in the uh, in the glass is apparently broken or uh, uh, allowed uh, whatever the Clog temperature up. change anyway to fog up. Yes. Yeah, if you follow what I'm trying to say. Yes. When I get those replaced, what will happen as far as uh, my responsibility to the uh, r- repairing the inside of the door? I've got, you know, it's all woodwork and Will I have to refinish a bunch of stuff, or what's involved uh, there? Well, um, your door is—is is it wood? Do I hear? Yes, yes, it oh, is. How old? How long has the door been installed there? I built the house twenty twenty-one years ago. Twenty-one years ago, the um, the light L I T E or the side light is held in there likely, Carl, by two piece, two stops uh, that screw together, one from each side. So that piece of glass in the side light, as well as in a door, if you have anything in the door, those are sandwiched in by two pieces of trim, usually accessed in the 90s by a screw on the inside of the door. So somewhere underneath putty or finish or stain filler, um, there'll be usually Phillips screws that are on. If it's a wood door, they may actually be pin-nailed or bratted on. But the way to change those, and, and they're actually fairly easy, especially in a wood door, oftentimes those side light glass pieces 
are made the same size. You know, it's like the rest of the world. You may only have four or five manufacturers that make the side light glass, uh, and they may be sold by 20 different brands of door companies. So right. um, do you know where you got that door? Where Who supplied it originally? Well, I know where I bought the bought the well all when i built the house i bought everything from a lumber yard that is no longer in business okay uh, so i now all of our windows are anderson and i've got i've got, I've got about three of them on the south side of the house mm-hmm. that have got the same issue well those are uh, actually those are pretty easy when you buy a recognizable brand name like an anderson uh the tough part is identifying uh, exactly which window, what size, what glass type you have in there, because they can actually make new glass, or in many cases with the Anderson, they'll make the they'll ship the glass and the sash to you because of the way they insulate and install and manufacture that stuff. So you can so find some Anderson that does that, for the windows. Yes, sir. They they'll have somebody in St. Louis that will uh, recognize that. And this is you know it may take three hours to figure out which window you have and two hours to replace the sash or one hour. So it's one of those things that where knowing what you're doing is even more important than knowing how to turn a screwdriver. So, uh, well, I, I tried to keep, I mean, I've got as many of, you know, all my sales tickets and everything on the windows and I may have it on that front door. I just know that it was not an Anderson. Yeah, that's that's a great thing. Uh, if you can identify what window unit, and especially even in the 90s, they had two or three different kinds of insulated glass. They were coming out with glass coatings like UV coating. So you really, and you can wind up getting everything right except the coating on the glass. All your glass is one color, and then this new one is a different color because of the coating. Yeah. So it matters. These were what's supposed on to end. be the best that they had at the time that we built the house in 2000. So perfect. Well, that invoice is magical dig that up and on the okay. door as well because that may be able to tell somebody you may wind up going to a lumber yard or a wholesale supply house yourself and saying you know with a picture and that invoice and say here's what i've got the size of these side lights are such and such and such and such can you yeah. get that for me on a reorder and if you can find a wholesale um uh, millwork supply uh, close by that's you know professional millwork that you know sells baseboards trims side lights doors windows things like that those guys have the knowledge to help you through that and then getting it okay. installed is well, actually one more easy. question uh, scott if uh, yeah. if i get uh, if i order these from uh, from a i was thinking of a glass doctor or someplace like that but mm-hmm. Can they provide an installer? Oh, yeah. Or do I need to hire a, a con? Uh, I'm 86 years old. My vision's not real good. And right. I, I don't want to try to do it myself. So Usually the guys, as it relates to the Anderson windows, there's a wholesale uh, um, supply that is right near uh, us at uh, Highway 44 and Big Bend in, in the Kirkwood area. Uh, they are an Anderson dealer. Uh, they can set you up. It, again, it, the most important thing is ordering the part right. They can set you up with somebody to put that in as well. All right. Great. Scott, thank you. 
and I'd, I'd actually take that. Uh, these guys are old-time smart guys, um, and so I would take that invoice with your door and as many photos and measurements as you can, uh, and they can probably set you up. And if they don't have it or can't get it, they'll be able to explain to you what you're up against and where to go. Okay. All right. Thank you very much. Okay, Carl. You thanks for the day. call. Yeah. Well, Bye-bye. you bet. Take care. And, and again, you know, Carl's issue is identifying which window, and I, I can't, I can't uh, to tell you, I can't begin to tell you how hard it is, how complex it is to reorder windows, um, because when you get uh, it, windows that where you can order any feature you want, and you get into the brand names of the Pellas, the Marvins, the Andersons, uh, Renewal by, you know, you can just about have anything. Well. The issue with that is when you go to buy a part, you could get the exact size sash, and I and and it it is more common in the 90s. They started making the glass so sealed into the frame that you can't really change the glass without sawing apart the frame and doing more damage than you are doing good. So Anderson or Pella will just sell you the whole sash, you know, the wood frame or fiberglass flame, whatever the the window's made out of, with the glass already in. The issue there is you have to identify what glass, what reflective surface, you know, and, and the insulated glass could be three-eighths thick, could be five-eighths thick, could be half-inch thick. There could be a, a coating on it that is uh, ultraviolet coating because of, you know, some of the things they put on. So just be aware, it's a big deal to reorder some of these pieces, and that's why I'm advising Carl to go find somebody that's really smart excuse me, and identifying what these windows were um, and knows the history of the industry. So, yeah, back in the 90s, we were building things like this. Most of those parts were still made in the U.S., so you get all those things there. Uh, let's take a short pause and come back for more here on KMOX. Scott Mosby at your service, University of KMOX. This is the KMOX Home Improvement Show. Presented by Suburban Leisure Center. The place with the big red chair. Celebrating 50 years. Now, Scott Mosby on the voice of St. Louis KMOX. All right, folks, time to step up. Tis the season. Uh, this is the time to put together the toys for the tots, toys for tots. Uh, we're going to do it uh, with Children's Hospital. Please drop those by the Mosby Design Center in downtown Kirkwood or the Mosby office on, on uh, Leffingwell if you'd like. Either way, step up. Uh, we need new uh, and unwrapped toys so we can get them to the right age children. Uh, have a good holiday, folks. I'll see you next week right here on Camwex. Stay tuned. The business of family business next on Camwex. <laughs> 